Let's get it. Welcome to Chalk Talk. I'm your host, Jack Hamper. This is my co-host, Cooper Neal. What's up? What's up, Cooper? How you doing, my guy? As always, surviving and thriving. How are you? I'm good, man. I'd love to hear that. We have so very much to get into, including John Morant revealing his massive weight gain in the midst of his suspension. We're going to tell you how much weight he gained and what happened there. We're also going to touch on my top five NFL teams after week 12. But first, you know it's Monday, so we're going to kick off the show with Jack in the Box where I read an NFL statement to Coop, and he tells me if it is true or false. You see all five of these statements up on your screen now. We're going to start in Philadelphia. There was an OT thriller against Buffalo. Cooper. The Eagles are in their own Super Bowl tier after their win against the Bills. All right. I'm taking the Cowboys hat off before I answer this question. because it's, it's not going to remove the bias from your body. Um, Yes, and that's why I removed the hat, so bear with the hat hair for five whole seconds. I'm so surprised. They're in a tier of their own, and this is the reason. As, as much as I like to joke on them and tell you they're lucky as all get out, like they're just catching teams who just decide to beat themselves, i.e. the Cowboys, i.e. the Bills defense, you name it. Marquez Valdez-Scantlin. But thank you. I mean, there's just literally three weeks in a row they probably should have lost the game because they were not the better team, but they won all three mm-hmm. games. And that is why they're in a tier of their own because good teams can win, but great teams find ways to win. Mm-hmm. And this team has found ways to win. Now I'm putting the Cowboys hat back on because my hat here is pitiful. But also, screw the Eagles. And – uh Week ten, or when they come to face the Cowboys here in a couple of days, I'm going to be 100 percent transparent. I could have bet all my life savings that you're going to say false and have a, a, a Cowboys resented reason. No, I, I came with I, I came with I came with five bullet points. I'm going to read them anyways. Now that we okay. agree, okay. I say it's true as well. It's their fourth straight game uh, where they have won by while being outgained offensively. You're lucky to win one game when you're outgained. Yeah. Winning four in a row, in a row is, crazy. is crazy. They're 10-1 and one now, and there's massive room for improvement. If this team was winning like Alabama did on 4th and 31, Jalen Milrow throwing it to the corner, lucky, lucky as hell. Lucky. I don't think it is. The Eagles players make plays. It was Devontae Smith catch last week, yep. the Valdez-Scantling drop, and now the Bills missing Gabe Davis, the Cowboys by inches. Eagles players, not just Jalen Hurts, the entirety of the team makes plays, i.e. Jake Elliott, that other teams do not. They're the first team since the 1995 Bills to start off 10-1 and while losing the Super Bowl the year before. Uh, Jalen Hurts claimed there was never a doubt, and honestly, the way bro looked when he was down by 10 for the second time in the second half, I kind of believe he didn't have a doubt. And Nick Sirianni just outcoached people he does it week after week DeAndre Swift didn't have shit going in the first half finding the outside zone yesterday which is amazing yeah no I mean give Nick Sirianni all the credit that's due I can't stand the dude but like I can't they're finding ways to win and yeah. like it's not even necessarily like any of these players on their team aside from probably AJ Brown have the best stats mm-hmm. it's just they've somehow found a way to collectively each and every single person do their job like mm-hmm. you look I you look at that last play where they scored on that Jalen Hurts run in the end zone Jason Kelsey absolutely flat out pancaked a corner who was coming in on yep. the blitz, and if he if he misses that block, it's not a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Like it's just one of those things that it's the simple plays that they excel at. They might not be flashy and beating teams like the way the Cowboys are. We'll obviously hit on them in, in a little bit, but like they're beating teams who they shouldn't be. Yep. They're beating teams that they should be. They're just dominant in every facet of the game, from special teams to offense to defense. They're finding ways to win when it seems improbable. And since Buffalo filed, fired their OC, the, Josh Allen's been the best player in football. Yeah, he's he was been good. unbelievable yesterday, and they still overcame it and won uh, while giving up 500 yards yeah. defensively. Pretty incredible. Yeah, the the, the Bills' defense has got to be, be shaking their heads. Like, yeah. what in the heck? Matt Milano's out. Tradavius White. Sure. I mean, they have three of their top dudes mm-hmm. that should be playing that aren't playing, but still, 100%. you got to do something. All right, second, the Broncos will make the playoffs. They're six and five right um, now. Oh yeah, they're sitting row. at nine in the. We had this conversation last week. I I said yes last week, and I'm just gonna keep sticking with it. Russell Wilson is cooking. Sean Payton's cooking. This team is finding ways to win. Their defense stood up. I mean, I was watching that Bron- or that Broncos Browns game just because I had fantasy implications in it, and it felt like every time I turned the game on, the Browns were in the red zone, and they got stonewalled. Yeah. Um, that defense is playing with a different edge since they since they've gotten rid of the couple pieces that they got rid of. 
I, I'm I'm here to say that I think they will be in the playoffs. I got the same answers last week. I'm going to say false. The Colts are still somehow in that seventh yeah. playoff spot oh. in the AFC, but with just with who's around Denver. I think Houston's a better team, and I think Buffalo's a better team. I know they both lost this week, but if I'm if Houston's playing Denver tomorrow, I'm picking Houston. If Buffalo's playing Denver tomorrow, I'm picking Buffalo. That's fair. That's fair. But we'll see. I mean, Buffalo has a tough-ass stretch coming up. All right, a little bit of today's news at number three. Frank Reich deserved to be fired. <sighs> Sadly, I say true, but then I'm going to, like – play devil's advocate to my own answer and i tell you this all the time like it's just unfair to me that guys get one year Mm -hmm. to do their thing you know what i mean like it used to be where guys would at least get that two to three year window just because you're like all right they got to implement their system Mm -hmm. especially in the college race you got to get your classes in um so sadly i do think it was deserved but i feel like the colts problem is way more than just a bad coach Mm -hmm. um panthers you mean panthers sorry Mm -hmm. my bad colts is yeah that was carson Wentz. um it's just their offensive line's pitiful. Their defense is pitiful. Like, there's just nothing on this team that gives you any hope. I think Bryce Young is still going to be a good quarterback. Yes, he's wildly being outplayed by almost every other rookie quarterback right now. But, like, I just feel like it's such a difficult situation to find a coach that's going to make that team be better than 1-10 in this season, in my opinion. The, the optics of Will Levis hugging him after the game and saying, hang in there yeah. and keep grinding, I'm like – what the hell is I know. this? It's that bad. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Like, the Titans, who I think are a garbage roster, Yeah, you have players that feel better suited to win ball games than you do at the Panthers. Yeah, and a second-round quarterback telling the number one overall pick to hang in there. It's yeah, it's bizarre. crazy. I'm going to say true as well. I, I was on the side of Frank Rag for a long time, yeah. but my God. Yeah, you're bad. You have to blame somebody, and I'm not going to blame Bryce Young. In his no, first year. I mean, at, Bryce there, Young's getting hit every freaking play. Yeah, I, This reminds me of Trevor Lawrence's rookie year. Bryce can still bounce back. He just needs a solid foundation. And if I'm the Panthers owner, we talked about how many times he fires people. I would fire the GM. What yeah. do you expect with this? you got to get rid of the GM, and, I mean, gosh, I'd – Wipe the floor. I, no. I just start yeah. from the ground up. I agree. At number four, the Jags beat the Houston Texans yesterday. Burley. The I'm Jags kidding. are a top three team in the AFC. How do you feel about that? I'm going to say no. Uh, false. Uh, I'd have the Chiefs above them. I'd have the Ravens above them. And I would probably – hold on, I'm pulling up my – ESPN rankings. I'd probably have another team above them. Just, I don't know. The Jags are so wishy-washy, in my opinion. Um, one week, they'll have a solid week, and then the next, they just kind of look like they did against the Texans. And you know my rant. I went on a big one yesterday. The Texans probably should have won that game. Um, I'm but with you. That that, that other team you're referring to is the Miami Dolphins. Thank you. I, I, I don't know why I was blanking on every single team in that division, uh, but I'd have Miami above mm-hmm. them as well. Yeah, I, I think it's the Chiefs, Ravens, Dolphins for me, for sure. Um, all right. We both agree on that. That is false. Final one. Sad story in the NFL this week. Mac Jones has played his last Patriots game. He was benched for a fourth time on Sunday for Bailey Zappi. Yeah, I'm going to say false on this one just because Bailey Zappi so much worse. I don't think they're going <laughs> to – I think they're going to have to go back to him eventually. I mean, Bailey Zappi threw one of the most garbage picks I've ever seen in the NFL. Mac did too. Though. Oh, I know. He throws garbage picks every week, but it's like one of those things that like – this team's not a passing team. I don't know where they're trying to, like, pass the ball. They're not anything team. They don't have an offensive line. Oh, I know. But, but GM Bill Belichick, I was talking about Carolina. That's probably the worst job. Worst GM job, yeah. for sure. Yeah, uh, I would horrible. personally just run the ball down people's throats and just move on because mm-hmm. your quarterbacks suck. No. Uh, or go get Matt Corral another shot. Yeah. I mean, he can't mm-hmm. be worse than these two. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's my thing. Like, it's just there's not a quarterback out there that's going to all of a sudden make you a better football team right now. At this point, I would just probably just keep chugging along and get a mm-hmm. top five pick. Absolutely. Not that there's a great quarterback coming in. <laughs> so, I don't know. Well, that's the final one of Jack in the Box. Before we get into my NFL power rankings, Cooper's got a lengthy rookie review. It was a fun week for rookies Uh-oh. in the NFL. We're just going to get the honorable mentions out of the way, and then I'm going to dive into these other ones. I had to take Bailey Groupie off. I think that's how you say his name. He's the mm-hmm. kicker for the Saints. He had been bad. 
up until last week, and he had like five or six field goals in the game in a loss against the Falcons, which... Oh, I'm glad he took him off, because I would have been snoring. No, no, that's why I did it. I was sitting there, I'm like, all right, who would Jack actually rather listen to? Um, I do want to mention... <laughs> so considerate. <laughs> I do want to mention Zay Flowers. He had two touchdowns, but like I think he only had like 70 total yards, but mm-hmm. he had that nice long touchdown run to kind of seal the game last night, um, so I'll mention him. Uh, and let me... I think that's all I had. I do believe Sam Laporta caught a touchdown pass. I'm going to mention some rookie coaches real quick. We were just talking about the Colts somehow managing to be 6-5 and five in the playoff hunt. Shout-out to Shane Steichen. Shout-out to D'Amico Ryans, who his team's also in their division-slash-playoff hunt. Um, rookie coaches typically don't fare very well, but those two seem to be doing the right thing. It's been shocking, bro. Going in, I, like, I, I was watching that Houston game yesterday, like, literally play for their division, and I'm like, in what world did I think the Houston Texans at the beginning of the year would have a shot against yeah. Jacksonville? If there was a team that was giving Jacksonville a run for their money, I thought it'd be at least Tennessee. Tennessee yeah. And the fact that Houston was in that game so late yesterday made me shake my head. And the Indianapolis Colts, how are they in the playoff know, picture in week 12? And Garner's slinging that thing. Yes. It's not even that. They're just running the ball down. Anthony Richardson's been hurt for six it. weeks. I know. I know. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. And also, honestly, shout out Jonathan Gannon. I know they're not winning at the Cardinals, but like – Aside from last week, they've been competitive. And, like, that's more than you could say for most rookie coaches in their first year. I mean, that was more than mm-hmm. we could say for Frank Reich. So. 100%. Uh, I just wanted to shout out them. We're going to start with, obviously, the rookie of the year, potential MVP of the year in C.J. Stroud, and Tank Dell, which, fun story, I don't know if you know this, but they called C.J. on day two of the NFL draft, and they said, all right, we're getting a receiver. Which one do you want? Like, wh- who do you prefer? And he said, Tank Dell. And they went and got Tank Dell. Where did he go to college? Tank Dell, Houston. Okay. Yeah, he, he was a Houston guy. Did CJ know him or something? I don't know how they knew each other. He just said, I want Tank Dell. I, I, I just saw that, like, mm. clip, and I was like, I'll run it with that. So, yeah. I mean, I don't know, like, where they knew each other from or if CJ just saw, like, the guys available. Maybe they played like, in high the school dude. or something. They might have, but yeah. shout out to CJ Stroud because uh, maybe he should go GM the Panthers and or the Patriots because yeah. he's doing a better job than y'all are right now. Yeah. Because we'll start with Tank Dell. Tank Dell had another great game, five catches, 50 yards, a touchdown, one carry for 12 yards. Tank Dell now has seven touchdowns in his rookie season in 11 games, which is most in franchise history, beating out Andre Johnson, who had four, DeAndre Hopkins, who had two, and Will Fuller, who also had two. And Will I, Fuller used to be a fantasy go. Oh, he was a stud because he, catch, he catches four balls and they're all deep shots mm-hmm. for touchdowns. Yeah. But I think I didn't write down the yards because he hasn't beat them yet. But through 11 weeks, he's like 150 yards behind Andre Johnson. Yeah, that's so, insane. So Tank does have one of the best rookie wide receiver seasons, and it's not even close. That's another thing no one expected either. I know. I didn't. Um, C.J. Stroud. He had 26-36 for 304 yards, two touchdowns, six carries, 47 yards, and a touchdown. He did absolutely everything imaginable to win this game. I, I sat there and texted you when they went – they had a third and one going down to I think either tie it or they were down ten. Um, and I was like, it's third and one. Have the Philadelphia Eagles not taught us anything? Put him under center and just go up the gun. If you don't get it on that first one, you're going to get it on the second one. Just do it. And they took two deep shots, and I was like, the game's over. And then somehow they miss a kick, and then he goes immediately down the field in like two whole plays. Nico Collins over the middle, touchdown. Down by three, their their defense finally gets a stop, and he. You were upset about the fourth down call. I was fine with it. I was upset about the third down call, but either way, he has done everything a match. As soon as they trotted that kicker out yesterday, I was like, I know he's gonna. He almost made that junk though. It bounced off the crossbar still. CJ at fourth and twelve. With the shit he did against Baker, with the shit he did the next week. My thing is on the third and twelve. I'm not calling like a play to get to the the first down. I'm Mm -hmm. calling a play to. At least get five or six yards because in that sense you can actually sit there and have the conversation, all right, I agree. this dude can kick a 50-something yarder. Are we going to force him to kick a 58 or are we going to force him to Mm -hmm. kick a 50? Like, I mean, it's literally that big of a difference. And so I would have done something a little differently. But either way, this is a rookie coach with a rookie quarterback with a rookie leading receiver. And then Devin Singletary has been their lead back for the past couple weeks. Like, this is unheard of. Yeah. Like, it's, nobody would have thought this. It, it, to make a comparison to the NBA, it's like the Oklahoma City Thunder of the NFL. Except literally younger. Yeah. It's like if Shea was a rookie still yeah. and they're doing this. It's insane. The, yeah. And the fact that I trust them to make the NFL playoffs. I do too. I, that is my pick just because of Buffalo's schedule. And I don't think Denver can hold on to this as long yeah. as they can. I think the Houston Texans will be an NFL playoff wild card, which is crazy. And they're not a team you want to face. No. Because it's been one of those things. Yes, their defense has had some 
susceptibility to some offenses, but like that offense is unstoppable. Mm-hmm. I mean, what are you doing? Because CJ, they showed a stat yesterday, and this is obviously before yesterday's game. When he was down in a football game, he had 12 touchdowns and zero interceptions in, in this season. No. Like, Houston, that's insane. Houston, Baltimore, first round would be so damn fun. Oh. It, could you hear the boo birds coming out if Baltimore yeah. lost another playoff yeah, game? Yeah, what happened with Lamar Jackson legacy? He's only Facts. Lost in the first round. They'd be loud. Yeah, that'd be tough. Next, B. John Robinson's back. I feel like this is the first time we've talked about him in like literally. Yeah, Artie Smith weeks. finally gave him the ball. Yeah, three catches for 32 yards and a touchdown. 16 carries for 91 yards and a touchdown. Got 19 total touches in this game. It could have been more because I think he and had like seven ha- targets. Look what happens. Yeah. and win. And they dominated the Saints. Yeah. The Saints are pitiful. Yep. Uh, this has nothing to do with rookie review. But did you see Derek Carr's justification of that pick six? Mm-mm. He goes, "Well, the covers that they showed us, he was supposed to be sitting back and he bit on the route." And then all the comments are like, "Dude, as soon as you snap the ball, you were looking at Rashid Rice or Rashid Shahid the entire way. Any safety is going to break off their coverage to come pick that ball off." Like it was the fact that he justified, like what he was doing, like that. There is some mid-football going on. I saw Jameis Winston rapping to him over on the sideline, which was funny. I mean, if they want to throw pick sixes, might as well throw Jameis in there. Yeah. He'll at least throw it to his own team. He'll match the pick sixes with the touchdown. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Uh, Next, Mr. Rasheed Rice got some targets this week. Ten targets, eight catches, 107 yards, and a touchdown. He's awesome. I think he is solidifying himself as the number one receiver in uh, Kansas City. I think a screen game going in Kansas City, too. And I think – Kansas City has that to was have to eliminate Max Crosby. I think you can do that against the better teams yeah. too. And I mean, after last year's Matt Crosby, uh, mm-hmm. that hit QB one where he was chirping at him. I mean, you had to go beat the Raiders, and I mm-hmm. thought the Raiders played great. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were competitive that whole game. But I, I am happy to see Rasheed Rice kind of solidify himself. They dude, needed somebody to do it. Dude, I was watching. Um, in season hard knocks with the Dolphins, thanks yeah. to your Max subscription. Shout out to you for you. having that on the Roku. But uh, Dolphins played the Raiders two weeks ago, and Mike McDaniel, the way he got ready for Max Crosby, he literally had a practice team player with a black 98 jersey on. And after every play and practice and the walkthrough, he would just he'd be rushing the quarterback, and after two or throw it, he'd just go and like shove him. Just to get ready for like Max. Yeah, Max Crosby will do it. Yeah, yeah he'll yeah. do it. And Tua would literally like thank the guy every time he's like, thanks, man. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> I love Tua. Yeah. Um, last on this rookie review, this is a debut. Yeah. This is your boy. The Giants finally got Jalen Hyatt involved, Jack. I oh, know. Five catches, 109 yards. I mean, I think this is just the beginning. What other receiver are you telling me is going to take a game away like Jalen Hyatt? If Jalen Hyatt played for the Houston Texans, he'd be going oh. up. Yeah. Dude, if he played for the Houston Texans, he would literally probably have a thousand yards. Even with the Vikings, bro, you place him on any other situation than what he's been in. Yeah. I mean, it's a tough situation, but I was just glad. I mean, I was looking at his last couple of weeks. I think he in the last like five weeks he's had like twenty seven yards total. And then this week he has 109. Mm-hmm. I mean, they didn't score very much, but, I mean, you have to get him involved because he can just take a defense yes. away. Like, yeah. I mean, completely. So, that's rookie review. Shout out Jalen Hyam for making his debut. Great rookie review. I love that. And there was obviously tons more. It was awesome rookie yeah, week. Was I was awesome. hoping we were going to be talking about my boy Jonathan Mingo, but he didn't get in that touchdown category, so I had to leave him out. <laughs> yeah. Hey, shout out to Jonathan Mingo, though. Shout I was hoping he him. would cook up on your Titans, but <laughs> the Panthers are bad at football. We got a little bit of movement in my top five NFL teams after week 12. You remember last week I had the Eagles Chiefs, and it wasn't the 49ers in there. I believe it was uh, the Lions. It was the Lions, and they lost on Thanksgiving. Had to yank them out of the top five. Yeah, that was a terrible loss. Eagles still up top at 10 and 1 now. Chiefs 8 and 3. Jumped to two, and then the Ravens at nine and three are at three. I'm just not ready to put Baltimore over Kansas City head to head. I'd still take the Chiefs in that game. I slipped the 49ers back in there. They've gotten back on track after losing three straight. They've won three straight. They're up to eight and three as well. And your Dallas Cowboys stand pat at number five at eight and three. I have the Miami Dolphins the first team out, and the Jacksonville Jaguars at seven. I ain't got no arguments with this. I really don't. I mean, at this point, we can't not put the Chiefs at one. Mm-hmm. Or not the Chiefs, the, the Eagles, Eagles at one. Yep. And I'd take the Chiefs over the Ravens, and I agree with you there. I'd probably take the 49ers over the Ravens, but, like, obviously the Ravens have the on paper right now, so we'd have to keep them there. But Do the Eagles have the Niners this week? Yep, and the Niners are favored. 
Because it's at, I think it's at the Niners. I was wondering about Man, that. Man, I hope the Niners beat the ever-living piss out of them like they did the Cowboys. Because I know they have the Cowboys in two weeks. Yep, Niners are minus two and a half early line against Philly. I'm surprised by that. Yeah. And obviously the Cowboys' uh, home record will be tested this week. We get the Seahawks. Yep. And finally, maybe people will shut up if we demolish them at home. And y'all have Philly at home, too. Yep. Damn. Man, what, what would people do if the Cowboys somehow beat both the Seahawks and the Eagles, the way they beat everybody at home this year. And they were yeah. like, oh, I guess it's not just bad teams that they beat up. They'd be climbing up in the top five for sure. For sure. But no, I have a feeling like that. two weeks from now you're going to be talking about Mike McCarthy. I haven't no. heard his name out of your mouth in a couple of weeks. So. Rem- remember, I, ta- I told you beginning of the year we're going to split home and away with uh, the Eagles. Uh, I-, I fully believe that. I do too. I do like, too. The Eagles are going to get caught eventually. I think they probably get caught this week, and then they're going to be pissed off coming into my Cowboys game, which isn't going to help my situation. But I'd love it if they don't get caught this week, and then they come get caught in Dallas. But mm-hmm. Dallas at home is a different animal. Like, I agree. Even, I know we play crap teams there, but we're a different animal at home. And that's why in the postseason I, I have really high concerns. If they don't get above a three seed, we, and they we, have to go to San Francisco or to Philly, I do not see them coming. We have to have the Eagles lose to the 49ers and come in mm-hmm. and have the – we just have to have the Eagles lose two more times. So, yep. like, we have to have the 49ers beat them. The Bills, I thought, were going to be the team that did it for me, but obviously we saw how that goes. But Cowboys desperately need home field advantage, and the only way we get that is if the Eagles fall out. Yeah. Because we got to take the division. Yeah, I agree. I think the Chiefs standing at two. Even that, that Eagles loss, I, I wasn't concerned about them, and I, I just can't – put them above the Eagles still. No. I, I think the Eagles, what I meant as a different tier, I think they're going to be favored the entirety of the playoffs because they're going to be at home. And even in the Super Bowl, if it's the Chiefs, Ravens, Jags, whoever you want to put in there, Dolphins, I think they'll be favored in the Super yeah. Bowl as well. I think this 49er game, everybody's already shocked that they're not favored. Yeah. And there's going to be a lot of money flooding in for plus three Eagles. Mm-hmm. But I don't think they're – they're not going to be an underdog very often. Mm-hmm. For sure. All right, a little side note before we get into the next topic. We both had a, a pretty eventful Thanksgiving. You we wanna, did. You want to say anything about what you did? You went to Atlanta, see Six Lack Black. I, I did, I did. Uh, he did that song, actually, where he said, I got to teach all the pronunciation. No, so I went to the Black concert in Atlanta, his hometown. Last uh, concert on tour. Um, it was awesome. Everything that I could have hoped and more. Uh, I sent you a lot of videos. I took probably like 15 videos of that concert. Um he literally hit on every single song that I could have wanted him to hit on. Um, and Sick. he he did, like, song, like singles before he released his first ever album. Like, so stuff that, like, only people like me that have been listening to every song. Mm. So, like, that was super dope. Um, and his openers were awesome. We had T-Pain come out. Then Franchise Boys come out. Akon come out. Baby, what's your name? Uh-oh. Let me talk to you. Let me buy you a drag. He sang that one. He uh, did. He did. I, I I was too mesmerized and, like, in awe and shocked that T-Pain was out on that stage singing yeah. to me right now. So, well, I didn't video those. But, what other, what other T-Pain? Uh, he did All I Do Is Win. All uh, I do it when, when, And then obviously when. he did One Way, which is one of you and I's favorite. I'm in love with a stripper. She vibes, she rolls. You know, she, she, he's that song. He did. I'm in love with a stripper. <laughs> okay, but uh, that concert was awesome. Uh, the I got to talk about the Thanksgiving meal, dude. If you and I are together next Thanksgiving, which I hope we are, um, Commissary does like a turkey package. Shit. That was the best turkey I've ever had. Like, typically turkey's so dry to me mm-hmm. that, like, you have to put something on it to make it, like, edible. Oh, yeah. This was the best turkey I've ever moist had turkey? Oh, dude. Oh, God, yeah. Little damp turkey. Yeah, you know what I'm like screaming? that damn moist yeah. turkey. Yeah. Dude, commissary's <laughs> tough. They didn't know no. there's a barbecue spot in Memphis. I didn't it know was to go good. There. But they have some banging mac and cheese with it, too. I didn't have any of the mac and cheese. You know, obviously, the bread destroys my intestine tract. But yeah, um, they, they had good stuffing, which I'm not a big stuffing guy. The sweet potato casserole. I mean, you can't mess up sweet potato oh, casserole, but like, dude, yeah, it was delicious. Shout out commissary. Shout out to that, and shout out to Thanksgiving. I'm thankful for y'all. Extremely thankful we get to do this every week. But do you have Facts. any other NFL topics? I do. I got two. Well, technically, right. technically two. But you. we're gonna talk some playoff picture. Obviously, we got the top five right there in front of us. But it's the bottom five or six that we need to talk about in both conferences. So I'm gonna name you the AFC and the NFC's bottom five or six, and then I just want you to tell me who's gonna make it. Okay. Uh, So AFC at number five we have the Steelers at seven and four. Six we have the Browns at seven and four. Colts seven six and five. Eight is the Texans at six and five. Nine is the Broncos at six and five. And ten is the Bills at six and six. Mm -hmm. If I'd be lying to you if I sat here and said that I believe the Steelers and Browns are going to make the playoffs when 
the Steelers eclipsed 400 yards for the first time in like 35 weeks of football. Um, and then the Browns have no quarterback. I'm going to be I, – I told you this yesterday. I, we walked out of the living room and I said, I'm going to be so damn angry <laughs> if I have to watch the Pittsburgh Steelers in the postseason. They are horrendous to watch. And yes. so are the Cleveland Browns. All of those final three teams, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Cleveland Browns, and the Indianapolis Colts, I want to say they all three won't make it, but I know one or two of them will. Facts. I just want I want the next three to make it in. Yeah. I'd much rather watch Houston, Denver, and Buffalo over Indianapolis, Cleveland, and Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, I refuse to believe uh, that they're going to make the playoffs. Browns, I feel the same way. The Colts, I feel the same way. But I don't know. I don't know if all three can. Right now, pick it three. Give me. They don't have to be like in specific order, but give me the three teams that make the playoffs right now, without looking at schedules or anything. Just the teams. The reason. Play. The reason I'm so mad. I think Pittsburgh will make it. Um, I think either Houston and Denver or Houston and Buffalo. You and I are thinking pretty similar. I got the Steelers. I just think the Steelers. Buffalo is freaking Kansas City. I don't think the I don't think the Bills do. I think the Bills miss the playoffs. I think the Broncos, Texans, and Steelers will make the playoffs. Gotcha. I just think I don't trust Garner Minshew enough to believe that he can man a team to the playoffs. Yeah. Um, and then I just don't believe that. I mean, DTR got hurt, and then they brought in PJ Walker. Well, I just don't think that's and happening. And that defense was a non-factor for most of the day. Yesterday. I know. Like I mean, it's just one of those things that I just don't know if. Mm-hmm. They can do it, I and I just think they're going to lose enough games down the stretch that it'll matter. I mean, this is a we're talking one game here. Yep. Um, and obviously, the, there's not there's a realm of possibility where the Texans can still jump the Jags if the Jags slip up enough. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot that can happen. I just the way the Texans and Broncos are playing right now, I can't say that they're not going to make it. And then the Steelers, more or less, just because I believe in Mike Tomlin to finally some find a way to make a mediocre football team a playoff team. Yeah. And um, I think the NFC is so much more clear-cut. Dallas, Minnesota, Oh, for sure. Seattle. Yeah, and then, so, like you said, NFC 6 is the Vikings at 6-5, and five, Seattle at 7 at 6-5, and five, Packers coming off a big win in Detroit at 5-6 and six at number 8. No, 9 is the Rams at 5-6, and six, and 10 is the Saints at 5-6. and six. I definitely don't think the Saints will make it. I think the Vikings win tonight against the Bears, which helps. I, I'm leaning Vikings-Packers, honestly. Yeah. Honestly, I just don't like the Seahawks. I just don't. Like, they're so mediocre this year. Yep, I think they are, too. Uh, I'd have to look at the schedules, but Packers, Seahawks, they're the same team to me. You're not wrong. They're the same team. They're not, you're not wrong. You know? I mean, we finally got to, Christian Watson finally made an appearance after being, like, one of the most prolific receivers mm-hmm. the last, like, seven weeks of last season, mm-hmm. and he finally made an appearance this week. So, yeah. like... I I think the Vikings I think the astronaut's going to get them in the playoffs. I think so too. But It'd be fun. Seahawks Packers I really don't know. And maybe the Rams are still sitting. There. Minnesota gets Justin Jefferson back too. It'd be interesting. True, true. He's not back tonight though. So hey, Jordan Edison, if you're uh, listening, uh, please thirty five points tonight. I need yeah, like TJ, ten catches, one hundred twenty. Please get hurt and warm up. <laughs> not seriously injured though. Hey, if he does though, I mean, if he's just out for one game, that means all the passes going to Jordan Edison. Yeah. So. Tough. I might be. I don't root for injuries. I don't root for injuries. I don't root for me either. I was just a bad fantasy manager this week. That's all <laughs> that's all What's I your next NFL one? This one's kind of interesting, more or less, just because I want to hear your thoughts on a certain hire. But uh, coaching carousel's coming hot and heavy right now. There's going to be lots more. Um, I don't know if it was on the Pat McAfee show or if it was someone else's that I saw like the news come up saying there's they were guessing how many coaches get fired or whatever, which we're not going to do that, but. As of date, we have the Panthers who just let go of Frank Reich, which we already hit on, and then the Raiders who obviously let go of uh, McDaniel. But the college coaches are the one I want to talk about. So, A&M hires Duke's Mike Elko after I, – I, I, We can save a lot of time here. I don't care. It's not going to change. That's anything. what I no. – Honestly, I would have preferred Mark Stoops. Yeah. Like, yeah. this is just – A&M just baffles They, they me. threw out Deion Sanders. They threw out uh, Dan Lanning, Oregon's head coach. They threw out all these names – to get people interested because no one was interested. Yeah. You look at the list, it's UTSA's coach, Duke's coach, and Kentucky's coach. And the mystery reporting where I think Mark Stoops accepted the job before they beat Louisville, and then they beat Louisville, and he's like, wait, actually. I uh, like my yeah, job. Yeah, I like this yeah. a lot better. This is way more him. comfortable than going 8-5 yeah, and, and, and losing my yeah, job. exactly. I yeah. think A&M had no one interested, and Mike Elko isn't going to change a thing. No, I mean, he went 7-5 and five in, in a down ACC with – a solid team. Like is that they what started Duke out ended up as yeah. seven and five yeah. after that fiery start. Yeah, 
That's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, I guess it makes sense because he was a DC there a couple yeah. years ago, but like. Mississippi State's higher, I do love. That's And that's the next one. I wanted to hear your thoughts on Jeff Levy. Obviously, Jeff. former Ole Miss uh, OC, former UCF OC, and former uh, Oklahoma OC, yeah. and now current Mississippi State head coach. I'm always like, those lower-tier SEC schools, like Mississippi State, I feel like I just want something fun to watch. That's how I felt yeah. like with Tennessee for a long time. I want fun offensive watch. He provides that. I don't care if they're eight and four, ten and two, nine and three. It is what it is. Yeah. Winning football at a high offensive level, I'm cool with. Oklahoma put up points all year long. Yeah. The reason they lost was not because of their. It offense. was defense. Yeah. yeah. And it was same with the Ole Miss. Whenever he was there, I yeah. know Lane Kiffin was the one following calling plays, but that Oklahoma year with Brent Venables as a head coach is the reason yeah. that I think he got this job. Go back to his OC days at UCF. They went like fourteen and zero, mm-hmm. and their offense was dynamite with mm-hmm. just no no names. And then he goes to Ole Miss, does the same thing with obviously SEC caliber players. Then he goes to Oklahoma, does the same thing. Like I think I am as an Ole Miss fan, I think Mississippi State got this one right. Um, I know everybody was saying, "Hey, Dan Mullins is available. Might as well go get him back." Like I think this was the right decision because they've gone just through so many guys that just couldn't click offensively mm-hmm. for Mississippi State. And that's what Mississippi State needs is some offense. He's already recruited the area because of his days at Ole Miss, and I think he was a great recruiter even with Ole Miss. So, like, as a SEC fan, I'm happy for State, but as an Ole Miss fan, like, the Egg Bowl got very interesting. Yeah. Like, I mean, I saw the Ole Miss thing posted, Egg Bowl's already circled in Oxford because of this hire. Like, and I think State did a good job. Like, yeah, I think so State too. noticed that he had done so well at Ole Miss, like, you might as well bring somebody like that in. I was shocked by it because State has – whenever they hired, hired Arnett, I knew the circumstances. Yeah. I was like, please Bro, God, please go no. get a coach. Yeah. yeah. He was not ready for that. I felt bad for him because, like, that's obviously a brutal yeah. thing to have to jump into. But, yeah. Yeah. No, I thought you'd be p- pleased with Jeff Levy. But that's, that. that's coaching carousel. It'll obviously get probably well, deeper and well, I love it. I love thicker it. as soon as uh, the Chargers <laughs> guy gets fired. Please. Please. Dude. Like, come on. Dude, you can't tell me you have Austin Eckler – <laughs> Keenan Allen's having the best wide receiver year of all time. I don't know why that didn't happen today. They're four and either. seven, dude. They did you have you seen the stat? It's like since Justin Herbert's been uh, drafted and quarterback in this team, they're thirty and thirty. They've have like fifteen hundred and eight points, yeah. and they've given up fifteen hundred and seven. Average. It's mediocre as hell. Herbert, like, what are y'all wanting Herbert, out of this? Herbert's on an average quarterback, especially with the points they put up. No, you have a defensive coach who they've been. Bottom of the league in defense for the past. Hey, but he years. still wants to call plays, Jack. Yeah, he's still calling. Don't, don't ask. Don't me. ask that again. Don't ask that again. <laughs> that's, that's, he should have been fired after that press conference. Hundred percent. Let's switch gears here. Let's get yeah, to let's get NBA. Some NBA. Big deal or no deal? Oh, it's well, back. It's well, back. you know like how it. we made this first segment last Monday. We're going to keep it going throughout the NBA season. There's a ton that goes on, and we got to cycle Facts. through what actually matters in this long marathon of an NBA season. We're going to start Thanks. off in Orlando. Cooper, the Magic are on a seven-game winning streak. Big deal or no deal? This is a massive deal. Um, There's a team that I'm literally talking about in my very first NBA topic that's very similar wave to this team. They were bottom of the uh, Eastern Conference last year. Now they're sitting at number two in the the Eastern Mm -hmm. Conference, which is just insane. Paolo and this team, they've built the team, Mm -hmm. and and we're seeing the fruits of that. They're still very young, so obviously – We'll see how it goes because it's yeah. an 82-game season. It's a long season. But I think this is a massive deal, and I'm more ready. I'm just ready to see him in the playoffs because that's what that's the Me next too. step in their progression. Dude, and I checked the standings this morning. They're second in the Eastern Conference behind the Celtics. They're yeah. sandwiched between the Celtics and the Bucks. They're not going to stay at number two. No. But that shows me this team can be a top-six playoff team and a seven-to-eight seed lock. I, I am super excited about Orlando. Paulo has been so good in clutch time. He had a yeah. game-winner last week in Chicago. I love watching this team. And Franz Wagner, shout-out all hell b-ball, my friend Cullen. Massive Orlando Magic fan. Happy yeah. for that, dude. Because Magic fans have been through it. I had yeah. never met a Magic fan in my life until I had one uh, next to me in a business class in college, and he had to endure the pre-Polo days <laughs> yeah. when I was in college. And I was yeah. like, dude, I don't know how the F you watch that. Yeah. He was hanging on a Markel Fultz and shit. So. I'd go a step further, and I'd probably put him as a top six lot. Yep. Just especially with the landscape I'm seeing in the East right now, I'd yeah. probably put him as a top six a lot. A lot of mediocre teams in the East. Facts. All right. Secondly. Greg Popovich says Victor Webanyama will not be resting in the midst of their 13-game losing streak. No deal or big deal? 
I don't think that's a big deal. Uh, so I'm gonna go no deal. I'm uh, gonna say no deal as well. I don't know. This, Let Wimby get these scars, man. Yeah, he's got the 13 go game losing streak. That's a big deal. Yeah. But not not him not resting. Yeah, the 13 game losing streak's a big deal. Honestly, Pop getting on the microphone and telling yeah. the fans to stop booing that was that was a bigger deal than this. Yeah. Uh, Wimby's got to play. I mean, you've got to get him. He wasn't accustomed to playing this much basketball as he was overseas because like overseas they let him rest get certain days in like that sort of thing you've got to let him get accustomed to this type of grit i would yeah. say and honestly they're making things hard on him man and they should i yeah. think he will learn through these guards he's yeah. a great player with a great attitude but and he up, hates losing like up until this point like all rookies do they dominate every level because they're bigger than everybody else you're not bigger than everybody else yes you're taller but as far as physically imposing or yeah. anybody it's going to be intimidated to you no they do not yeah. care bro. and i think this just fuels him further down the road like he he this gives him a voice in the locker room later on, like two, three years down the road, where he's like, "Hey, look, I've lost, I've lost plenty of games. We're never doing that again." Like, and that gives him a step in the right way to be a. Leader. Look at Devin Booker, dude. I mean, the first three to four years of his That's career, they were horrible. Yeah, they were fifteen garbage. to twenty win seasons, and my God, that game winner he had. Yeah, uh, no, he's he's all one. Speaking of speaking of them. The Phoenix Suns are third in the Western Conference, even though they have yet to see Durant, Booker, and Beal all on the floor together. Big deal or no deal? They haven't seen all three yet. They have yet to play together. Wow. That's a massive deal, honestly. And they're third in the West. I mean, our issue the entire offseason when they made this deal was, for Beal, that is, um, and Durant, for that matter, we were like, their depth is abysmal. Like, how are they going to find a way to win games? When – Somebody gets hurt because it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And they've done it all year. Yep. I think that's a massive D-book, deal. I mean, that's massive. D-Book last week, 40 in Memphis. Game winner last night in New York, as all I right. said, off a double team. He's been amazing, bro. You and I could go drop 40 against yeah, our that's Memphis true. right now. That's true. But that, <laughs> that, that damn game winner, I'm telling you, no, that game to drop 40 filthy. when you're not, he's not just like the top on the chalkboard. He's the only thing on the Yeah, he's the only thing there. Especially with KD and Beal out. Yeah, he's been amazing. And I think Durant's been good, too. Yeah. I I had no idea. Durant's, like, top three in the NBA scoring, I think, right now. Mm -hmm. I know he hasn't played every game, but, like, Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure he's still top three as average-wise. And for them to be third in the West without – That's awesome. That's massive because that's the thing I was worried about. Mm -hmm. I've literally said every time I'm like, I can't get over the fact that they – Yuta Watanabe is like one of your first players coming mm-hmm. off the bench. Like that terrifies me. Mm-hmm. I love Yuta. Mm-hmm. That terrifies me. Yuta like, Watanabe. On you've got to have some guys step up, and Grayson Allen stepped up. Eric Gordon stepped up. You've seen uh, Josh Okogie step up. Yusuf Nurkic and that other big that they come off the bench. They've all been stellar basketball role players, yeah, which is what they needed. Mm-hmm. They've been good. Yeah, they have been thing. good. All right, big deal or no deal? Azar Thompson is averaging ten rebounds a game to go along with eleven points. Dude. Uh, Azar is like quietly having a. If if Chet Holmgren wasn't in this Rookie of the Year debate, Azar would probably be beating out Wimby for that Rookie of the Year. I think that's a big. His deal. defense has been amazing. Defense has been amazing. Obviously, rebounding has been at stellar, which I didn't expect to see. Like, obviously, he's athletic enough to go get a rebound, and he's big enough to go get mm-hmm. one. But like, when you have guys like Jalen Duran, Beef Stew, like guys that you're prototypical rebounders. You don't expect him to do that. So, I think that's a big deal for him, and I think that's a huge deal for that team because that team needs to have some guys to rally around because they're yeah. they're very jumbled right now roster construction-wise, and I think finding a piece like him is crucial. Bro, I said the Spurs were on a 13-game losing streak. That's not the longest in the NBA. The Grizzlies? Oh, I'm kidding. The Pistons are the four, on a 14-game 14 14. losing streak right now. They, they started off 2-1 and one and have not won since. It's because I neutered them. I freaking said Jalen Durham was Dwight Howard 2.0, and ever since then, they've been bad. They're 2-15. and 15. As much love as I want to give to Azar, he has been great. Uh, I'm saying no deal. Garbage-ass team. <laughs> um, final one. John Morant has gained 14 pounds. Big deal or no deal. That was in the teaser, by the way. 14 pounds. Listed as 174. Weighed in at 188 a couple days ago. I... Personally, this is not a big deal to me. I don't care. Uh, I'm glad Jaws in the headlines for something other than a weapon. Yeah. Uh, so I'll say that much. Uh, I, I just don't think it don't matter. I think he's still going to come back and put a nut sack on at least four Pelicans players in his first game. So I think it's a big deal. And the reason why is we didn't know how he's going to treat the suspension. Yeah. The oh, fact, he's bulking. Yeah, he's bulking. And 
that newfound weight gain, he's going to have to carry this team. Yep. And I think he's ready to do it. He has yet to play 68 games in a season. Uh, he's not going to do it this year. It's mathematically impossible. But I think as far as durability in the long term, there's a reason that Giannis gained all that weight, and I think that is big, big time yeah. that he's locked in and doing that. So I mean, say that 14 extra deal. pounds was uh, the 14 other players on the Memphis Grizzlies. <laughs> he's already preparing. <laughs> he knows he's going to have 100%. to absolutely backpack the worst basketball team I've ever effing seen in my life. Yeah, let's 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 talk about that actually. Oh no, yeah. I intentionally took them out of my headlines. What are you talking about? I want to talk about some good teams. <laughs> okay, I intentionally had that as the last one on Big Deal or No Deal, but. <laughs> Marcus Smart, uh, unfortunately, had to make a video about this today. Uh, he ripped his team, and everybody saw the effing embarrassing yeah. headline. But what a lot of people didn't see is, one, there's a girl on Twitter, famous amongst Grizzlies fans, named Molly Morrison, works for Bleacher Report. She was in town, sits two rows behind the bench. And, yes, she tweeted out that effing embarrassing line, but she also added... Marcus Smart told his team when they were down by double digits to the Timberwolves late in the game, he said, fans are coming to pay and watch you play, and you guys are not even trying. Use the word embarrassing four-plus times in a 60-second timeout. Uh, Taylor Jenkins got asked about it, and he was like, guys are pissed, and they should be. We're pissed. Yep. And <laughs> like, Marcus Smart, I want to say this, he wasn't even playing because no, he had an ankle injury. He's hurt. Yep. Like, and that, honestly, to me, that's why we got him. I'm not. I didn't think it would be for this in exact moment. Like I didn't think we'd be on a garbage losing streak. Like one of the worst teams. Ten in the games league. under five. Yeah, I didn't think we'd be that. But we needed a guy that was willing to get in there and get in your grills and tell you what's up. What's up? And yes, obviously it sucks the scenario of him having to do it, him being injured, not even being out in the court with them. But like, we needed somebody who was willing to do that, and we didn't have that prior to him. Yep. And that to me. Great job making that trade. I just feel bad for him because he's having to sit here and endure this. Like yeah, I, I do too. And I, I want to go ahead and say this. Chris Vernon said the same thing today. The people who think Taylor Jenkins needs to be fired are, are absolutely idiots. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody that loses their best player and then they're five of the next seven best players, nobody can win. Yeah. Nobody I mean, can win. We have two, three, and then – 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. That's our basketball team right mm-hmm. now. Two, three, and then the rest. Yep. Like, I mean, and, and as much as I want to be mad at this team, the shit we're rolling out on the court, I'm like, what do we expect? You and I are literally holding our breath, going underwater until you and I get to see John Moran a month yeah. from now and get to see Oh, my gosh. We don't care if we're three and 22 then. I'll be we there. just want to see some effing highlights and some greatness. And I Dude, will. you know how I came in? I'll just let y'all into me and Jack's friendship. I come <laughs> in after not seeing him like all week for Thanksgiving because I was out of town and just <laughs> busy. And so was he. I gave him a big hug and I told him, I was like, Dude, I almost cried realizing that we're three weeks away from Ja coming back. And I'm not even joking. Leah and I were sitting in the car, and she was like, do you really think Ja's going to come back and make so- make us something better? I was like, he makes us watchable. Exactly. Like, it's not even – I don't care point. if we win. He makes us watchable. I literally said, when he comes out and gets announced in that Indiana Pacers series, yeah. I'm standing up and chanting MVP, yeah. and that crowd will join in because they'll be so excited to watch a real basketball exactly. player. Like, What's we're like, watching bombs. Uh, it's like last year. It was like five games into the season. We were struggling against the Rockets, who were horrible last year. But y'all had 47, yeah. and we won by one point. You know, it was fine. Yeah. But it was incredible to watch Ja go for 47 in that one. Like, it's one of those things. You know the Jason Tatum clip that's been going viral recently because they lost in on Monday night to Charlotte. But he was mm-hmm. telling people, he's like, I can't slack off on a Monday night because people are still paying to watch. Mm-hmm. Ja is always watchable. Like, you and I always sit there and we're like, I don't care that we just lost. Yeah, like, Ja's awesome. Like, he makes the mundane basketball games mm-hmm. – so much fun. And right now, that's all we need. We just need life. There's no life on this basketball Swag team. Swag is what yes. he has, too. He's like, talking shit. He'll have 14 points on on 5 of 18 shooting, but he can close out a game. Still, yes. you know? And I just think he elevates everyone else around him so much. Like, it's one of those things that, you know, that argument everybody was making a couple years ago when we were, like, 20 and 6 without him. Mm-hmm. They were like, they need to trade John Moran. Mm-hmm. Like, Tyus Jones is just yeah. as good. No. Yes, we did that without mm-hmm. one player. Mm-hmm. But now you're seeing how bad it is without him. 
because we don't have the Steven Adams to cover up some other players' mistakes. We don't have the Marcus Smart to go play defense on everybody night in, night out. We don't have the Brandon Clarks to come off the bench and give us a much-needed boost like we need right now. Mm-hmm. Like, it's one of those things that we had all those guys and we just didn't have job. Oh, yeah. Like, we still had a competent basketball team. We have none. And it's going to make – it's going to flip the script on NBA fans and job. I'm telling you, if he oh. starts putting up crazy numbers the first five games, they go 3-2 and two or 4-1 and one or something like that – Everybody is going to be cheering for a redemption story. Yes. Everybody, leading up to his first suspension, he was starting to turn heel. And even after his first one, people were not cheering for the Grizzlies in the playoffs. This is going to completely flip that. And now we're looking at... Sorry. Get it out. Um... You know, I never got a chance to talk about the Josh Giddy situation. That is so boring. Now we're looking at the Josh Giddy situation. Now we're looking at Miles Bridges' situation, and people are starting to question that 25 games that John Morant received. But off topic, we were talking about Thanksgiving earlier. Uh, I told you I'd went and saw my friend that's in the uh, Air Force. Yeah. I hadn't seen for a while. There's a group of like 10 of them watching NFL football. And the amount of Josh Giddy jokes I heard within like the like five minutes, they were like – Begging for me to start wearing a Josh Giddy jersey, no context, just in every video, which would be hilarious. That would be super funny, but we would get. <laughs> yeah, then they started making permit jokes because they think the girl's fifteen, and it was just it was just ridiculous. Do you do, have you read that? Oh yeah. Okay. That was all over my Twitter. Did Did you see what Shay said? What did Shay say? So they asked him in his press conference, like obviously the game after it all happened, and he goes, "Wherever that man wants to lay his wood is his his business. I don't care." Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, "Bro, that's crazy." That's a crazy. I've statement. heard two different things. I've heard she's seventeen, and I've heard she's fifteen. I've and heard I, only that she's seventeen. I haven't heard the fifteens yet. So. I heard I heard fifteen on Twitter, but that's okay. all. This is hearsay, right? Yeah, now. it's all. Um, those of you who don't know, if you've been living under a rock, uh, <laughs> he. Josh Kitty's being accused of having sexual relations with a high schooler. That is the common denominator. I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Yes. Um, allegations started on X. Random user claimed that he was dating a 17-year-old, but there's pictures and videos to go along with it. Again, this is a random user. I was really hesitant to make a video about it last Friday, but did anyways and put, you know, kept saying, hey, uh, this isn't a reliable source. Yeah. This isn't a reliable source. Hearsay right now. But, yeah. yes. Uh Josh Giddy responded, you know, by eliminating all comments on his IG, changed his profile picture to black. Um, and he also said, like, he doesn't have any comment on it right now. But, like, yeah. the pictures and stuff is pretty damning. Pretty oh, crazy. I mean. There's just literally a Snapchat you, of the girl says, saying, just F. I just F Josh Giddy. Yeah. And Josh Giddy's in the back with Shirtless. no shirt on. Yeah. The, Peace. I mean, did yeah. you did you see the whole interview of, like, them asking him over and over again about it? Yeah. Did you see it? And he was like, guys, I understand the question. Like, yeah. I don't have a comment right now. Like, yeah. leave it alone. Uh, I was like. I think she's 17, but, like, at the end of the day, like, yeah. he's going to be fine because she's clearly consenting. Yeah. That's all I got to say. 20 like, and 17, I'm not that mad at. 20 and 15? 20 now, that's and 15, a, that, we need having, to have a conversation. We're having a conversation. But, again, this is a – I feel like – this is going to sound so bad, but, like, I feel like it's better that it's happening the way it's happening because it's different from then their break up, they break up and she's releasing all this stuff saying that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's better. It's a better situation for him for that it, she's, like – Clearly consented to yes. all of this in this Bro. case of, like, this happens to go massive. It's just, massive. like, the fact that this is so damn funny. Oh, it's it's hysterical. Uh, and, it, like, obviously we're not making a joke out of it. No, this is serious, but, like, it's just one of those things. We don't have that, reliable sources yeah. yet, so it's a meme yeah. right now. It's, it's, it's a massive meme. Yeah. That's my entire Instagram yes. and Twitter right now. Yeah. I'm glad we could flip the Marcus Smart and the – well, grizzly situation this is that. a great segue because right, my number it. four, and let's I'll combine my four and five since you uh, hit on yours, mm-hmm. um, Chet Holmgren in the Thunder. All right. Um, I don't know if you've noticed Chet in these last couple of games, Talk but in me. his past five, averaging 23 points, nine rebounds, two assists, two and a half blocks, 63% from the field, 40 from three, 85 from the free throw line. And OKC currently sits at second in the West at 11 and five behind the T-Wolves, who are my fifth topic. Chet Holmgren... I'm I'm already gonna say it. Barring injury is rookie of the year. Like y'all can go ahead and give him the trophy. Right now I think he is rookie of the year. Because not only is he putting up better stats than Wimby, he's doing it more efficiently on a better basketball team. I wanna see it I wanna see him play Victor and they get a damn fight. They don't like each other. It's so damn I know. Funny. It's hysterical. Because yeah. Vic's kind of like... Vic doesn't care. Yeah. But like after that preseason game, you could tell he did not like Chet, and Chet obviously didn't no, like him. They don't like each other, but Chet has been balling. I, and it's I know the Spider-Man he, meme, and like they nah, don't like each they're other. They're literally <laughs> the same human. And I saw something even funnier on the Wimby topic. I hate... That, I, I, I hope. 
I, I know Chet's rookie of the year right now. I do not like that, man. No, I don't he's like so Chet. Arrogant. He's too cocky. Yeah, he's so um, and that's why I like Wimby more. But the, I was like, seeing a thing. You know how I fell in love with Alex Sar last year in mm-hmm. Overtime Elite yeah, when we got to go? Mm-hmm. I saw a thing where it said the number one draft odds right now are for the Spurs, and the number one overall pick odds is Alex Sar. And they're like, can they really get the Twin Towers? I imagine. 7'4 and 7'2. And they're Sarr the same crazy. player. Because yeah. Alex Sar, I was like, dude, this dude's got a better three than mm-hmm. Josh. I was oh, like, yeah. this dude's like, got a clue. Sure would be nice. Like, Intriguing thoughts out there, but I mean, Chet Holmgren and the Thunder. You you pegged this the entire way. You said the Thunder will be this year's Sacramento Kings. Mm-hmm. They're dominating teams right now, and they're just complete. Like even with the Giddy stuff going on, like they have just such a complete roster. You go from Shea to Jalen Williams to Giddy to Holmgren. You have guys coming off the bench like Isaiah Joe and Jalen Williams who can compete and play basketball. Obviously, it's early mm-hmm. in the season. A lot can happen. They're young. Devil's but, advocate, the one thing that concerns me is that depth. Yeah. If Giddy does go down or gets suspended or if Shea goes down. like yeah. That, outside of the top five, it does concern me. I think sure. their roster is really similar to the Grizzlies if they were healthy. Yeah. Grizzlies starting five is amazing. I'd have questions off the bench. But Grizzlies, Steven Adams, Brandon Clark, John Morant, the list continues on and on and on. Hey, Thunder, if you want Zaire Marcus Williams. Smart, Zaire, yeah. Nobody wants Zaire See, Williams. Well, seeing as Vince Williams played over Zaire Williams in the last two games, I'm, yeah, I'm thinking Zaire Stone is a basketball player. Who but, said that last year? Sorry. I'll give you props. I'll give you props. I'll give you props. I'll give you props for it. He did. I mean, I I sat here and tried to defend as long as I could, but it's just you can't defend it anymore. You literally can't. Like, how do you keep defending that over and over and over and over again? It's just I think any rookie – is going to look okay to mediocre with Ja, Desmond Bain, Steven Adams, True. and Jaron Jackson. Yeah. You plug any person in that five-man lineup, I think their numbers are going to be okay. You take them out and you put them in a situation like this, a horrible one, I don't. I didn't expect Zaire to look great. I just expected him to look playable. Like a basketball player, yeah. And he's not even playable. No. You know? I mean, Jack, this is – our biggest issue when we drafted him was you go back to his high school days, he wasn't the best player on his mm-hmm. team. But they were a great team. So, obviously, he can blend in and be a decent role player. He goes to Stanford. He does nothing. 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 And it was one of those things that the Grizzlies did such a good job of taking the guys that were four, three, four-year college players who had proven themselves to be basketball players. They had to work for it. They did the grind. They did their thing. They got to the NBA. They took their next leap. John Morant, Desmond Bay, Brandon Clark, you name it. Jaron was the only guy that they didn't take that was – a longer than three years at college. David Roddy was a guy that was a four-year college starter. And I told you, I said, I love that pick. He, We're getting back to that typical prototypical Grizzlies pick of a guy that's already proven himself. David Roddy is the only wing I would take out of any of the wings they've drafted in the last three draft classes because mm-hmm. he's big and he's built for it. Mm-hmm. Zaire's not big or built for it. No. He's just a weight of 6'8 at this point. Like, no offense. I agree. I'm a better basketball player than him, and he has 6'8". <laughs> He's a foot taller. Mm-hmm. It's annoying. But anywho, happy that the Thunder and the Chet Holmgren are doing well because you called that. And the team that I want to end with is Anthony Edwards and the Minnesota Timberwolves. Yeah, he called uh, the Memphis crowd dead. I don't know if you saw that. They were. Who wants to go watch a? Who wants to go watch Jalen Noel? <laughs> I, you cannot pay me to go to that game right now. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, I was that Air Force buddy I was talking about over the weekend. He was in town the first time in forever. He texts me Friday morning. He goes, you going to the Grizzlies game this afternoon? They're playing the Suns. I said, I'm not going to until Ja comes back. And he texts me. He's like, dude, they're terrible. I'm like, I know. We know. You we know watched every game. Literally him and his friends. Game was at 3.30. They left at 5.30. They did what they like to call a bar crawl. They went to six different bars from the hours of 5.30 to 2.30 in the morning. That's what the Grizzlies are doing to people right now. He went from Silkies to Tin Roof to TJ Mulligans to people all over town drinking like a damn fish. That's what Jacob Gilliard... Oh, and by the way, their drunk ass saw Jacob Gilliard after the game, starting point guard for the Grizzlies, smiling in a family photo on Beale Street. I nearly fell off the couch when they told me that the next night because I'm like, a starting NBA player for the Memphis Grizzlies is acting like a damn tourist on Beale Street because this MFer is just happy to be here. That's how bad this team is right now. Anyways, I just thought that was funny. 
It, no, it's funny. Yeah. I mean, we that's we have to laugh because yeah. that's all we got right yeah, now. Exactly. We can only make fun of this team. Making people drink for eight hours in a row. I know. It's tough. Yeah. But shout out to the T-Wolves. They got another win against our hapless Grizzlies. But they currently sit number one in the West, number two in the whole NBA at 12-4. and four. Um, And the only reason they're at that record is because I think 13-5 and five is Boston mm-hmm. or 13-4 and four or something like that. I don't remember what their record was. No. Um, they're one of the best defensive teams, which is kind of crazy, mm-hmm. seeing as they were one of the worst last year. Um, I think Rudy Gobert's finally solidified himself in this basketball team. Mike Conley's been huge. We've hit on that. But Ant has taken that step. He's averaging 26.5 points per game, six rebounds, five assists, a steal and a half, 46.5% from the field, 37 from three, and 87.5 from the free throw line. He won't be an MVP, but he's definitely in the conversation. This team is as real as you can get. Yes. We were lobbying for a Carl Anthony Towns trade. That is looking more and more unlikely because how, because how good this team is defensively. Yes. They don't even need Cat to be good because no. Anthony Edwards has been amazing. That trade for Mike Conley is so underrated. It's been a, They traded for him because of his PNR game with Rudy Gobert, and he has brought Rudy Gobert up from the grave, and Rudy Gobert looks like a defensive player of the year again. Yep. He's catching lobs offensively. Rebounded that team again. defensively, second in defensive rating, yep. amazing. Third in opponents' points per game. I think they yep. were they're literally like top, top three, three in every category. Top three in all four defensive stats. It's yes. amazing. No, it's, it's, it's insane. And then you just look at the guys that they have that are filling those role players. You have Kyle Anderson. We've seen him up close and personal. He's the perfect role player for any basketball team because he can do literally anything you ask of him. McDaniels has taken that leap and is looking like a defensive player of the year type candidate. Like you said, they don't have to have Cat be good. No. Like, it's literally – you. Cat can be garbage and they're still going to win a game by 15. The West is going to be just like last year, and it's so fun as an NBA fan to watch the playoffs. And you go in – I can see the Lakers going all the way. I can yep. 100% see Denver going all the way. The Suns, the way they're playing right now, if they get it together, I can see the Grizzlies. Going. Uh, no, not the Grizzlies. <laughs> the Timberwolves, I can see going all the yeah. way. Like, oh. There's four teams I think could make the finals. Facts. No, yeah. I mean, it's crazy. Sadly, Jokic is out tonight, but they're falling off because they lost Murray, who I saw a report saying that he's close to coming back, mm-hmm. um, which is great for them. But, like, there's so many teams that you just sit down and you're like, man. It just takes – it like the playoffs are just one of those things where it just takes that right matchup to click and then you're rolling. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, last year I don't think anybody was going to stand in the way of Denver. Uh, but shout-out to the Timberwolves. Shout-out to the Thunder. Both of them looking stellar right now. Yeah. Shout-out to the Magic. I'm glad you brought them up because I was trying to find a way to fit yeah. them in because that was the thing I saw. I literally saw a stat where it was like, dude, OKC and the Thunder were the last two teams in their divisions the last three years in a row, and they're top two in each of their divisions right mm-hmm. now. Like, I mean, it's just – both the Thunder and the Magic, and even the Timberwolves to an extent, they they bid their time. They bid their time. They drafted well. They built their team. They bid their time. Typical they made a couple smart, trades. Typical uh, like small market. They did it through the draft, and that Shea thing was an outlier. But if you don't draft Josh Giddy, if you don't yeah. draft Chet Holmgren, you're not sitting where you are. Today. And then, like, obviously it took the Magic finally being like, all right, we're done being the AC. Vucevic, you're gone. Mm-hmm. Wendell Carter picks. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Exactly. What Chicago should have did last year. Uh, What Chicago should be doing right now. Yeah, 100%. I don't know why the phones aren't ringing. Yeah, DeMar DeRozan, I think, was a minus 30 last week. All right, did you see the the play-in thing where he got kicked out of the game with, like, .4 seconds left? Did you see that? Mm -mm. So, they're down by, like – it was double digits. I don't know the exact number off the top of my head. But they're down, and the entire Raptors team is telling Pascal go score. They're up with literally seconds on the clock. Like, they could just sit there and bounce the ball out. And Pascal takes a oh, step back yeah, three, and uh, DeMar's, like, chirping at him, being like, y'all are, that's garbage. Like, don't. And then it's in Toronto. Like, clear, yeah. Toronto loves DeMar DeRozan. Like, he always gets standing ovations there. I stand with DeMar DeRozan, and, this, like, yeah. I don't give a rip how many points you needed to score. Like, that's unsportsmanlike, bro. Mm. Like, don't do that. Like, I you want a game, win the game, dribble it out, step up, do your thing. Don't chirp at him because he's getting mad at you for shooting the ball when they're already down by 15. Like, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Like, that point does not it's, matter. It's a point differential thing. I can see both sides of it. Yeah, too. I mean, it was it's dumb. Like, and Scotty Barnes sitting there chirping at him as yeah. he's walking off. I was like, Scotty, you ain't done enough yet to no. do that in front of DeMar DeRozan's face, in front of the crowd that DeMar DeRozan built. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, yeah. everything DeMar DeRozan did for that city is what you're getting to reap mm-hmm. the benefits of right now. So, I, that was my issue with it. Like, I didn't care if it was – at, like I was like, but the fact that they did that to him in his 
Like, that was his team that he built. So, I don't know. I thought it was garbage, but. Um, one other small note, LaMelo Ball was carried off the court after seven straight 30-point games. It's really a he shame. Did. He just, uh, he he found his rhythm and last night carried off the court with another foot injury. Uh, I've said a million times, he's played only 36 games last year due to uh, several ankle injuries. Let's hope it's not that. Carried off last night, been incredible. It's been a true joy to watch him every night. Uh, for the past like two weeks, and now, now that he's because I, I feel like the first week, week and a half of the season, I, I talk about how bad he was. Once he finally got worked back into the injury, he was he in caught his groove. All star, all NBA yeah. type form. Hell, and MVP. The Horn- <laughs> and the Hornets were playing well with yeah. Miles Bridges back, and now you lose your most important figure right when he's playing his best. Have they announced anything? Is he out for weeks? He or? hasn't announced anything. Um, Damn. One small NFL note, uh, Jalen Phillips is out for the rest of the year. It's really going to hurt the Dolphins. They did just sign Jason Pierre-Paul. Hopefully that can help. But Hey, um, shout out to the Cowboys. Darius Leonard came in for a visit, and I told you we need yeah. we need linebacker depth bad. We had a linebacker go down on Thanksgiving Thursday. I was like, please, God, if I don't see Shaq Leonard come to our team. That would be the perfect, that'd be the perfect one for sure. But we can go ahead and we're out. It's well, like a third phone call I've got in this podcast. Like, I don't know popular. why I'm popping right now. <laughs> no, you're good, bro. Um, do you have time to record TikToks after yeah. this? No, right. bro, I'm, I'm good. All right, we're going to wrap this up and record TikToks. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone. I hope you guys had a great, great one. We'll be back here on Friday. Talk about uh, NBA topics and follow it up with NFL. Thank you all for joining us, and we'll see you on Friday. Peace.